This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. So the Steelers are 7-7-1 now, falling to the Kansas City Chiefs. It stung the way that that game played out, and it was not fun to watch as Steelers fans. But you guys knew that was coming, right? I mean... Absolutely. You knew that you were going to lose that game, right? When Steelers lined up against the Packers, I thought, okay, they're playing better than I thought. Yeah, they're... Packers still had been struggling at the beginning of the year. Right. They had just... They were only a couple weeks separated from that weird winning or weird loss to the Saints in Week One, where it was what the final score was thirty-five to three, something like that. Yes. And the Steelers were what two and two entering that game, or two and one entering one that game, something like that. One and yeah. two, right? One and two because you you started one and three, and you got that one win against the the Bills, the one team you didn't expect to, and you got the two losses against the the Raiders and Bengals, and I thought. Okay, the Steelers play clearly are playing well against the good teams and poorly against the bad teams. This is a good team in Green Bay. Are they going to do some Mike Tomlin type thing and beat this team on the road? And as you pointed out in a previous episode, Tom, they did go down the field in that first drive and score on a 50-yard bomb to Deontay Johnson or a 40-yard bomb or something like that. But this game just never felt within reach. And even that that felt even before the the Chiefs went down and scored on their first possession, right? The Steelers went, I think, three and out on theirs. On the next possession by the Steelers, yes, Ben threw an interception on his first pass, the first play of that drive. But even before that interception was thrown, as soon as the Steelers went three and out and the Chiefs went down 10-yard pass, 10-yard pass, 11-yard pass, 12-yard pass, 10-yard, it was just easy Easy as ever for that Chiefs offense. As soon as that drive unfolded, I thought to myself, this is how it's going to go all day, and I was right. And you were spot on. That's exactly how and it I was right all day long. It was methodical, that first drive. You can, can you call it methodical? Because I think methodical implies that the two teams going up against each other are evenly matched on offense versus defense, and it's just who's going to make the better play call. I can't really call it methodical if it's just that easy for... Patrick Mahomes' receivers to get that wide open. Because that's all they had to do. There was no effort. They just got open, and they just fell backwards, and they were already beyond uh, the first down marker. Surprised in either direction about the quarterbacks playing as much as they did. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, I know Tomlin said after the game he kept Ben in there because of that atrocious turnover and didn't want to have that Mm -hmm. bad taste in his mouth. I'm surprised Patrick Mahomes last night. That's the one I'm socked in, too. I mean, we saw last night. He didn't come out. No, Chad Henney was in there. Did he take a knee? He just didn't throw a pass. You're right, he did, because he had two carries for zero yards. Mm-hmm. So he took a couple knees. Chad Henney was in there. But, but still. I mean, you saw last night for the Washington football team versus Dallas. Chad Henney could have played the fourth quarter. I Dallas, think. of course, that, that final score was a lot larger. I think Dallas put up 56 points compared to Kansas City's 36. But both games were out of contention very early on. The the Steelers were showing no signs of life. I don't know why Andy Reid thought it was smart to keep his most valuable player in the game. I don't either, but again, with Tomlin's saying he wants to get that bad taste out of Ben's mouth because of that interception, and he wants to... Do it next week. Or not because of the interception, because of the fumble turnover. Do it next week in Ben's last home game ever against Cleveland. You're 39 years old. You are a Hall of Famer. You don't need to be getting bad taste out of your mouth. You've already established you know, yourself as being you know a short-memory quarterback. Yeah. Like, 
So what happens if you throw an interception that ends the game? Does that mean you're automatically you throw your hands up? Oh, he's not going to be good in the next game. Did he get a chance to get right? It's more, we talked about this in our first episode. It's just, it's weird, inconsistent lines of thinking that we're seeing out of the coaching staff and out of Tomlin that when you sit here and you play Monday morning quarterback, you can't really make heads or tails of it. You can't really understand why are they doing this? Why is Ben still out there to drive down the field and throw a touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson in garbage time? Well, what if Chris Jones rolls up on Ben's knee and now all of a sudden in the next two games that you absolutely have to win now, you're rolling Mason Rudolph out there because you kept Ben in in garbage time to score a garbage time touchdown to try to make him feel better. Kind of like in that Packers game that we just talked about, that. Deontay Johnson getting that target, getting that catch at the end of the game just for him hurt. just for him to get hurt. Missed the Bengals game because mm-hmm. of that. Or, no, missed the game following that. Right. So I don't get this line of thinking where you keep your starters in and I guess it's more of that football guy mentality where it's like, well, it's never say die and I won't quit and until there's four zeros on the clock at the end of the fourth quarter, you always have a chance. That's all really well and good for Disney Channel movies, but this is the real life and you need to wave the white flag every once in a while. And by waving the white flag here, you're potentially not waving the white flag on the rest of your season by having a devastating injury happen to your biggest key piece to the offense right now which is Ben Roethlisberger. If they're going to win the next two games against the Browns and the Ravens, I think it's going to be on seven shoulders. I think... Absolutely. I think you kind of just give him the keys and say, two games for one last playoff spot. Go get it, Ben. Division rivals. End your career Familiar on foes. Him. Sweep the Browns. Sweep the Ravens wow. in your final what season. What a way to go out. Even if you don't make the playoffs... Be a great way to go. Yes. To sweep those two it'd teams. Be, it'd be... Given everything surrounding the season that has been said about this team and about Ben, it'd be the best way to go out. Sweep the steel, sweep the Ravens, sweep the Browns. Keep them out of the playoffs. But the team that I think is taking the torch from everybody else is Cincinnati. Swept you. Yes. And swept the Ravens. Yes. And lost and to the Browns, but I think they're they going to get revenge. The the, bad news for Steelers fans, I think they're going to get revenge in Week 18 when they play the Browns in the season finale. And that would eliminate the Steelers. That would most... Yes, because then it would be ten wins for the Bengals. Because I the think the only your to. only ticket into the playoffs is through winning the division, because you have yes many and teams no. ahead. You have Tom. Okay, Tom. things got weird yesterday. No, they they really they're still in tenth place. Do you know who's in seventh? The Baltimore Ravens. However, right. I don't see the Steelers. They they the problem is the Chargers the two, and Raiders play each other, so they're gonna one of those teams is gonna eliminate the other. That's fair. But the Steelers doesn't matter. The Steelers, whichever team wins that game, probably gets it. And they have both of those teams have, have the, the tiebreaker tie over the Steelers. Steelers. And the Dolphins have yet to play today or this week. They played a night against the Saints. Forgot about them. They could be eight and seven too mm-hmm. by the end of this. I think the Saints are going to beat them today. Well, let's just I don't say know. that. Well, let's just say this, Steelers fans. You got to put on your 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 gold and black because you got to root for the New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints. Saints. I mean, these are two very. They're both seven and seven. But we know the season that the Dolphins are having right now, they're on a six-game winning streak Yes, after starting 1-7. and seven. We can talk more about that game in depth later in another episode, but right now I think it's going to be an uphill climb. Say the Dolphins do win, nightmare scenario. I guess that wouldn't be nightmare, but say, you know. But you'd be in 11 assuming, place. Assuming you don't get the, the good 
the good uh, the good break you're hoping for. You now have Miami, Vegas, L.A., and Baltimore all ahead of you. I'll say Miami wins tonight. Still think they'll finish behind the Steelers just because Tennessee and the Patriots are their next yes. two games. Tough, real tough. Patriots now all of a sudden need those wins because they're kind of flirting with falling out of the. Uh, they're going to make the wild card, but. They're in fifth place now. Where they're, they're in sixth, or place. sixth place now. Because now they... they're behind the Colts and they just lost another game to the Bills. The so, Bills now all of a sudden have the lead in the division. So I think the Dolphins take care of themselves. One of the Chargers and the Raiders take care of themselves. And you, it's as a Steeler, can potentially take care of the Ravens, who I think are going to get taken care of anyway this week as they play the Rams. Yeah, I think the team that makes it out of all of them... Chargers. is the Chargers. Yeah, Even though... They just lost well, to the that's Texans. The, that's the thing that really probably yeah. stinks for them is because with all these other teams losing, if they just beat the Texans, they're way in the driver's seat for a wild card spot. I mean, now they can afford to lose a game between the Raiders and the Broncos, their next two matchups, and be a wild Not card Not only star. that, don't lose to the Vikings. You're a better team than the Vikings. I know you're both floating around 500, but prove you're the better average team. Don't lose to the Broncos, right? You, you had chances down the stretch here, and they and anytime they're just, they're they just get, anytime they get momentum. Yes. the Chargers this year. I had mentioned I had mentioned this to you. They beat the Giants a couple of weeks ago, and that was after beating the Bengals. So that was back to back wins for the first time since the first week of October. They just are not. They are the definition of inconsistency. I'll say this: losing at Denver. That's something I can get. Division rival. I can't. You're Justin Herbert going up against Teddy Bridgewater. Division rival. Good defense in Denver. Really tough place to play in Denver. But okay, a, home, then explain, a home loss to the Vikings, that's something that's inexplicable. And then explain the loss to the Texans. That's the one that's the real egregious one. That's that's the equivalent for the Steelers being a 7-7-1 team tying against the Lions. You can't explain it. You need to it's win worse. that game. It's worse. What, the Lions is? No, or the, the Texans over the Chargers. It's worse. You have a better quarterback if you're the Chargers. Yes. You gave up forty. You let forty-one points get dropped right. on your head. It was sixteen, sixteen for the Steelers. And, and exactly. The, so like forty-one point. Like you scored twenty-nine points and you lost by double digits to a team that is now only has four wins on the season. A team that has been in the race for the number one pick for the entirety of the year. A team that has had Tyrod Taylor in and out of the lineup. So Davis Mills has become their starting quarterback, the rookie. Mm-hmm. You can't lose that game if you're the Chargers. They're down. I think. Who was a Rex Burkhead who was their leading rusher? Yeah. That's like their fourth string running back that they're Didn't that even they're know he was to. in the league anymore. I had no idea either. And then he ran for over 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Chargers. So things kind of opened up, I couldn't up, name you one player on that defense either. Things Not kinda, one player. Can you? Uh, the Texans defense? No. no. I can't. I was going to cheat, but my computer didn't go <laughs> fast enough. So with all that being said, things have kind of opened up in the wild card race as well. It's still more likely that you win the division to get in, but it's not exactly like... I said last week, Colts, Bills, Chargers. Three locks. They're in. No matter what. Throw away the key. Well, the Texans went and grabbed the key out of the trash can for the Chargers. I think the Colts and the Bills are in. Now it would be the Patriots. So the Colts are in, and whoever finishes runner-up in the AFC East, I think they're in. Yes. So now there's one wild card spot floating out there still where I thought that there was none. Just a week ago, so that's why I'm saying it's a little bit interesting. But you have the, the, the thing, thing that is, makes is that the you division, have to win these two games. Well, the thing that makes the division easier to attain as well is because you've got two division opponents coming up as well. So 
you do a right. little double damage. Unfortunately, sure. because the Ravens got absolutely dragged by the Bengals yesterday, you They're gonna desperately also need help from the, some teams that the Bengals are playing, which this week, Kansas City goes to Cincinnati. I'm feeling pretty good that the Chiefs will probably take care of business there, although I'm not exactly con- like I'm not 100% sure. I think the Bengals' offense can put some points up on the Kansas City defense. But I do think the Chiefs end up winning that game. So it would be a winner-take-all Browns-Bengals scenario where the Browns, if Steelers I'm take sorry, care of business, it, will be out of it. Is it the Bengals? I know they just beat the Ravens a game, but is it the Bengals or the Chiefs who are on an eight-game winning streak? I'm just saying I think the Bengals have enough firepower to keep up in that game. You know what's really funny, Tom? If you look at the playoff standings and conference by conference— there are five teams in the NFC that there have eight. already clinched. Yep. There's only one team in the AFC that has clinched a spot, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. The Titans have five losses. They're in second place. They only have two fewer losses than the Steelers, who are in 10th place right now. 11th place, potentially, after the Dolphins win mm-hmm. tonight. Like That's the separation between 2 and 11. It's just two games in the loss column. So it's extremely tight in the AFC. And here we are. And, and, and all, all these all weeks this later. And all this. The Bills are good. The Patriots are good. Oh, no. Now the Chargers are good. Oh, maybe the Steelers are good. It was oh, always the, Ravens the Chiefs. Always the Chiefs. <laughs> I hate it. It was always the Chiefs. They're going to. Although, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We'll save this for the next episode when we really like Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a little tease to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Who's the second best team in the AFC? So we'll get into that in a later episode of Standard. But to talk about the Steelers and their playoff potential right here. Do you have confidence? This is a, a topic I saw floated around after the loss to the Chiefs yesterday. I, I think Jerry Dulac wrote an article about it. Yes, they're still alive, but do you have confidence that this Pittsburgh Steelers outfit can win another football game? And he was saying that he doesn't. And I think that's, I don't want to say absurd. It's fair. I don't know if it is fair. You don't think so? You get blown out by the Chiefs. Okay, you get blown so, out by the Chiefs. I've seen this Steelers team get blown out and then turn right back around the next week and win a game no one thinks they could. Right. But I think people think they can win the Browns game. So I I, I still see them winning on Monday night next week. I think I with see the them circumstances that Ravens game with a chance. I, I well, here's here's the thing, Tom, is I said last year, right before the wild card game against the Browns, Ben's never lost a home game to Cleveland. This is Cleveland's first playoff game since, what, 2002 when what happened in that game? or Right, 2001 or 2002. Uh, it's the 2001 season. It happened in 2002. Uh, what happened in that last playoff game for Cleveland? Oh, they had a, what, a three-touchdown lead? Oh, and the Steelers came back to win it uh, with, with seconds left in the fourth quarter? I had said every circumstance surrounding that game led me to believe that the Steelers were going to win that game over the Browns in the wild card. Oh, they don't have Kevin Stefanski on the field because of COVID. So, who am I to say it's Ben's last play, it's Ben's last home game. It's Ben's last time going up against the Browns. It's Monday night football where Ben never loses, where Tomlin never loses, especially at home. Why would I believe that the Steelers are going to win that game? Why would I ever believe that the Steelers could lose that game rather? But it happened last year in the playoffs, Tom. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and the Steelers, I think, People are playing. In the, playoffs, the Steelers are playing, I think, significantly worse now worse. than they were playing in this time last year. No DeCastro, no Pouncey, no Villanueva. Even though Big Al was kind of trashed towards the end of last year, there's no like veteran presence on the line. At least I'm not talking about the. I'm talking about the team. Well, that's what I mean. I think the line it starts with the, is line. the driving engine. And last year they had at least a 
adequate one. At least they had ones where guys knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you that they're a much worse team this year than they were last year, and they got dog-walked last year by the Browns. Um, One thing that I think is a factor in that that will be in play here is, yeah, it was at Heinz Field, but it wasn't at Heinz Field. It wasn't. It wasn't the real Heinz Field. I I don't think the Browns roll into Heinz Field in a raucous environment and just roll like they did. But we'll find out on Monday night, I guess, because winner is still alive between Browns and Steelers. The loser of that game is gone. I think. I think so too. I mean, the Browns would be seven and nine, and the Steelers would be seven, eight, and one. So the best they could do is 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, and the Bengals already have nine wins. So there, I just did the math on my own right there. Whoever loses wow, thank you for on Monday night me. is out. So this is an elimination game between these two teams. And to your point, Jacob, we all remember how the last elimination game between these two teams went just last year. So I get what you're saying that, although it feels, because like last year in the playoffs, what were we saying? We were like, oh, we want the Browns. Oh, we want the Browns. Mm-hmm. That's the matchup we want. If the Browns can snag that last wild card spot, that that six seed, and we can be the three seed, that's perfect. That's the team we can beat. And then reality turned out to not be exactly what our fantasy thought it would be. Kind of feel that same way now, where it's like, yeah, tough loss to the Chiefs, really embarrassing stuff. National TV, pretty confident you can get the taste out of your mouth, though, on national TV next week on Monday Night Football, because I do think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are better than the Cleveland Browns this year. There, I said it. I know Chubb and Hunt are all world backs. I know the Browns have a better offensive line when healthy. But the Browns have really struggled to stay healthy all year. They have. Chubb and Hunt are no exception to that. They both have had their injury problems throughout the season. Baker Mayfield's been playing hurt all year, and he's not that good to begin with. And he's not that good even when he's healthy. JOK was a huge slam dunk of a pick they had in the second round of the draft. He's doing well, I think. But he's not healthy. He just can't stay healthy this year. Uh, Miles Garrett has stayed healthy all year long, but there's been games where he's just disappeared. Uh, Christmas Day, or not Christmas Day, um, the Raiders game on last Saturday, right? completely invisible. Against the Packers on Christmas Day, barely noticed them on the field at all. I mean, that's uh, Derek Carr... I expect you to do damage against Aaron Rodgers. I expect him to scheme sure. away from you, but still, Derek Carr, you can beat. That's a couple games where Garrett's been just, you know, average, nonchalant. I think the Steelers, when healthy, are a better unit overall than the Browns are right now. And I think maybe a lot of that has to do with Tomlin being a better coach than Stefanski, because when you have mediocrity, that's when coaching can really, you know, steal a win from another mediocre team. Like, Tomlin can't go out-coach Andy Reid and have the Steelers take out the Chiefs. The talent disparity is too wide. But when the teams are close like this, I think coaching plays a huge difference. My, my, my argument to that, Thomas, I don't know, looking at the Browns' schedule, if they have a bad, bad loss. Right? The Steelers have bad wins where they've kept it close to teams they shouldn't have. Denver at home. Chicago at home. Seattle without Russ at home. Looking at this, the Browns' schedule, they've done well against bad teams. I think the only time that they kept it close against a bad team was the Lions, but they beat the Lions. The Steelers can't say the same thing. They lost to the Chiefs in Week 1, and we were saying at that time, that's a great game for the Browns. To keep it that close in Kansas City in Week 1, you only lost by 4 points. And then there was a Chargers game, which was one of the best games we saw all year. 
And they went up against the Cardinals, who at the time were the best offense in, in football at that time. Yes, they lost to the Steelers at home, but it's a divisional game. I mean, what can you say? You've, as you mentioned earlier, as you mentioned almost every episode, you got to throw everything out when you, when you play a division opponent. The Patriots' loss stands out. 45-7, to blowout, just a better team playing better football. But the Sunday night game against the Ravens, that was a great game. It wasn't the 47-42 performance we saw against the Chargers, but this was a really evenly matched game that I actually enjoyed watching, even though it was two teams I love to hate. Are the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns just the Spider-Man meme? Just, just pointing at each other, saying, at each other. "Oh, you're you have you this have guy. injuries, you you're have, hurt, you're we not playing COVID. as well, you're not playing as well as you should be in this area, you're not playing as well as you should be in this Two, area." out, Humphrey's huh? out, Chubb's been out, Hunt's been out, mm-hmm. Baker's been out. You know, like I think they're the same teams, and then the Bengals are kind of just like, "We're too young to be here already, but since you guys aren't going to step up and get to ten wins, we we might as well be the team that steps up and gets to ten wins." Like, I think the Bengals being nine and six right now. At the beginning of the year, you would have said, wow, they're flirting with a wild card. But I think you would have said, the Ravens probably have 11 or 12 wins, right? Or the Browns probably have the Browns have 11 also, or 12 wins. Where it could be, yeah, they have nine, and they may, they may be looking at the second wild card spot out of that division. Who, the Not, Bengals? Yes. Right, exactly. That's kind of how I, we thought I kind it would of shake a, out. I would have, I would have, if you were to tell me the Bengals had nine, I would have assumed, well, the Browns must have 12 and the Ravens must have 13. Yeah, I mean, beginning of the year, I think it was... Ravens, Browns. Those were the two popular picks. Yes. And then it was... I think those were the only teams people were picking. And then I think the, the tongue-in-cheek kind of like sexy, I'm going to make a name for myself pick was, well, the Steelers are going to finish in fourth. The Bengals are going to be the team that gets to third place. And everybody was like, oh, wow, that's hot. That's a spicy take. And now fast forward, here we are. And the Bengals, on paper, because of their health status, look like the best team. And then record-wise, they are the best team in the AFC North right now. So... A team that has arrived early but is allowed to arrive because of the regression and the injury problems that the other three teams are facing. I look at the Steelers and the Browns and the Ravens in the same boat. I especially look at the Steelers and the Browns. Like You just laid it out with those that's going through their schedule and their results. It's a lot similar to the Steelers. Yes. It's a lot similar to the Steelers. They don't do the blowing out, but they but, can but, get blown But here's out. the thing is— Although to- they did blow out the Bengals. They did blow out the Bengals, and I will say this. Their offense, I know Baker Mayfield frustrates the hell out of Browns fans, and that, at the same time, entertains the hell out of Four Steelers Four interceptions fans. on Christmas Day was skewed because a couple of those were on the receiver. Like, the third one, Jarvis Landry just slipped and fell. Right. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. The fourth one with Donovan Peoples-Jones, where Baker was really looking for a, a defensive pass interference call. Baker, it's your fourth interception on the day. I mean... I get it. They weren't all on you, but begging for a DPI call on your fourth interception is kind of just a little too little too late. If it was your first one, I get it. Maybe your second one. Well, the first time one was it- a bad read. He thought the safety was going to go to a different wide receiver, and he just started booking to the middle of the field, mm-hmm. so he threw it up for grabs. It was an easy interception. The second one was the worst one. He literally had Jones wide open and just overthrew him. Jones jumped and... <laughs> I don't know who the safety was or the corner was, but he literally was just like it was hey. like a punt return. He was like thank you, it was and he just return. caught it right in his chest. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm but, but again, so he's the, the point, le- he's the, the quarterback you trust the least when they're all healthy. Sure. Right the now. point I wanted to make was their offense isn't driving you insane the way the Steelers' offense does. Right. It's just Baker Mayfield and his decision making, but they still have enough pieces around him. They have a great offensive line, which allows the game to, which allows Baker to make his mistakes because he can still 
have moments where it's a clean pocket. He can get the read he wants. Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt can run all over because of that offensive line. That's where I think the Browns have the edge. It's just the offense doesn't kill you every single game. Three now, three now, three. I mean, let's let's face facts, Tom. We we all saw this stat yesterday during the broadcast. The Steelers were held without a first half touchdown for the fifth straight game. The first time the franchise has gone five straight games without a first half touchdown since 1940. How old were you in 1940? Negative 50, negative 60. Do you realize World War II had just started? Was ramping up. That's that's the era of, of, of how far back you have to go for the last time the Steelers went five consecutive games without a first half touchdown. That's how far back you have to go. My that's, my that's, grandparents that's, that's before they were the Steelers. My grandma they was were the Pirates back my then. My grandma was three years old. She was born in nineteen thirty seven. They were the Pirates back then and they were living up to that pirate name back then by having that kind of a suck happen right there. I mean, that's abysmal. Not scoring a touchdown in the first half for that sh- many straight games. I mean, that's Jets bad. I mean, I-, I-, I also saw another stat yesterday. That's Jets bad. That's Texans bad. That's I'm, Jaguars bad. Uh, that, is, that is teams who are never going to succeed in this league kind of bad. They've also given up on their past. I'm trying to find the stat here, and I can't, so I just got to look at Wing their it. schedule. In their past road games, they've given up 36 points, 36 points. 41 points, 41 points, and then 15 at Cle- or 10 at Cleveland uh, all the way back then. So 41, 41, 36, and 36. Those are their past four road games. They've had that point total put up on them. It's not just the offense. You no, knew, you're right. You're you right. You knew the offense you're was right. going to be on but the maybe, struggle But maybe bus. that's why I got to give even more credit to the Browns because they only had one bad blowout loss, and that came against the Patriots. At least they kept things even, right? The Chargers games for both of these teams are completely different. The Steelers had a ridiculous fourth quarter only, not even a second half, only in the fourth quarter did the Steelers actually wake up in time to make that game interesting. The Browns and Chargers were going back and forth all day long. That game, it just happened to be the Chargers had the last laugh. And do you remember how the Browns kind of fell into the end zone on their last touchdown? Or yeah. was it the Chargers because they wanted to save time or they something? They the Chargers in. Right, right, so something like that. Back. So they get the ball back with more time left on the clock. But the Chargers, I guess, didn't leave nearly enough time, and the Browns didn't score on their last drive. I'm looking at the the, the Browns' schedule. Yes, they allowed 47 points to the Chargers. They allowed 37 to the Cardinals. They got blown out by the Patriots, 45-7. to But there are other games. They only allowed 24 to the Packers, 16 to the Raiders, 24 or 22 to the Ravens, 16 to the Ravens, 10 against the Lions, which would have been enough to beat the Lions if you're the Steelers, right? You win that game 16-16, 10 points by the Lions offense would have gotten you a win if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. 10 or 15 against the Steelers, 7 or 14 against the Broncos, 7 points against the Vikings, 6 points against the Bears. At least their defense is doing better than the Steelers as well. I mean, no one can be doing worse than the Steelers as no. far as stopping the run is concerned. I think the Texans still average giving up more than the Steelers do on the ground, but Steelers are thirty first in that category. And I, I mean, maybe, maybe that, maybe that, that thirty second, that race for last place against the run. I don't know what the Texans did yesterday or what they allowed to the Chargers, but the Steelers got lucky. Clyde Edwards-Helaire went down early, 
Uh, they were left with Derek Gore and Daryl Williams. I think I don't know if the team combined for over a hundred yards on the day, but they were lucky their number one back was out. And they were lucky too, Tom, that they didn't have to run the ball to kill the clock when they were already up by twenty three to nothing, thirty to nothing. Because the pass defense was just as bad as the run defense yesterday. And they were getting ten yards per per catch or per per pass attempt by Patrick Mahomes. There was no need to just only run the ball on the ground. Well, that's the thing. The Chiefs barely run the ball anyway. They're so exactly. They're, exactly. they're so trusting of Patrick Mahomes to make the right play. Or even if he does turn it over, he's going to give you a chance to, exactly. to make up for that. That they really don't try to run the ball at all. But that being said, I mean, getting a hundred plus yards on the ground as a team, one hundred and twenty-seven. I know you only averaged three point six, but you ran the ball 35 times. It's five more times than you passed. So for the Chiefs, that's a commitment to the run. And yeah, it didn't really yield dividends like it has in past games against the Steelers defense. But still, 127 yards on the ground is enough to keep the other team honest enough where Patrick Mahomes can just carve you up through the air. And he went 23 for 30. I mean, he only missed on seven of his passes. So three touchdowns, 258 yards. He looks like he's rounding right back into form. Yes. Right in the perfect time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Which is so such great news for the rest of the NFL. There's only one man that can beat him now. Thomas Edward Brady. In the rematch of the Super Bowl. We're going to go Cavs-Warriors, but in the NFL now. It's just going to be four straight years. You've been of, saying of that Bucks to me Chiefs. ever since the Super Bowl unfolded this past year. And I, I, I didn't see it. I still think it's Bucks chiefs this year. I don't know about Bucks. I think it could be probably Packers this year. Oh, we've done this movie before. <laughs> I know. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. As always, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman, and we will both talk to you next time.